This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars, new season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Hello, and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I am your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. Jason Shear and I are elated. We are in game week, Arizona versus San Diego State, and something fun happened tonight, of course, like when... We're about ready to go to dinner. The depth chart was dropped. Dun, dun, dun. And then Jason had to like sit there and he had to like do stuff and we were all hungry. And then we went to dinner and then we came back home and we went to my parents and then there was a commitment which should, um, as of now, announce on Tuesday at some point. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on and we can't even go to dinner, but. It's that time of year, baby. Uh, it's a good thing. We are not complaining. And uh, with the depth chart being released for the San Diego State matchup this weekend, uh, we have a lot of things to talk about. So Analysis. Analysis. Yes. Jason. Yes. Here. <laughs> Apparently, we're not saying Jason today. Uh, so we're going to take a look at it. So we got seven questions. Points. Points questions. of interest. I here. narrowed it down, Shelby. It's, it's, it is football week. Shelby is on her 14th straight hour of watching Aztec's tape. Right, Montezuma. She called it Montezuma's Revenge because it makes her sick to her stomach. <laughs> or maybe like those guys you were on the Montezuma podcast The Sons of Monty podcast yeah, good, tonight. good guys over there. That was really funny. If you guys get a chance, check that out. Um, all right, so, Jason, there were no surprises at quarterback. But moving on to running back, are you surprised that Michael Wiley is still the top back? I'm glad you asked, Shelby. That's a very good question. I know. I thought of it myself. So I think this is one of those one of those scenarios. We're off to a rough start this podcast. You are off I'm, to a rough I'm start. I'm tired. Um, we're off to we. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those scenarios. I'm sorry. So we have pressers, and I've been writing all day today. Then tomorrow we have more media. Wednesday, basketball, we're getting Henry Vassar. Thursday, more media. And then Friday, Shelby and I are driving to San Diego. And then Saturday, there's a game. And then... Uh, also, I work 8 to 5 every no, day. No, Shelby has no job. It's wild. Oh, okay. I don't. Um, she just watches Aztecs video. That's right. That's my job now. She's quit her job. She watches game film. Sorry, Mariana. Later on, she'll teach you about the trips formation and how Arizona will defend it this weekend. Yep, that's me. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> anyway, back to the question. Running backs. Running backs. So I think it's one of those scenarios where Michael Wiley is the number one back because he's earned it, but I don't necessarily think that he's the best back on the roster. I think they trust him the most, if that makes sense. But he's not the most dynamic. I don't even think the coaching staff would say that he's the most dynamic. 
The depth chart has four guys that I think will play. What's crazy here, Shelby, before we get deep into the depth chart, is Drake Anderson is the fifth running back on this depth chart. Lucky number five. He was number one on Arizona's depth chart last year. Keep that in mind. So Michael Wiley is Mr. Dependable. Um, He's a guy where he'll do the job. He's a good blocker. But he's not going to get you huge yards. But again... He's been through a lot in this program. He deserves the starting he spot. He earned it. He'll get the first Like carry. the weekend said. Right. <laughs> he'll get the first carry, but I don't necessarily think he'll get the last carry. Jonah Coleman, freshman, is the second running back. That actually surprised me a little bit. I thought he'd be third on the depth chart, but uh, he is playing with Jason Shear size. He's 5'9", 225. Um, so he, uh, at running back with speed and in shape, that's the difference. But he's uh, dynamic, as I said. DJ Williams, I thought, would be the second running back, the transfer from Auburn and Florida State. I think he'll get legitimate carries. And then Rayshon Luke, who I think has gained 10 pounds on this depth chart since uh, the roster was released. But Rayshon Luke is a guy where he's listed as a running back, but you could list him as a a scat back, a running back, a wide receiver, a motion guy, a slot guy, end around. Jack of all trades guy. Right. So I don't know how many actual pure carries he'll get. My guess is like six. But you're going to see Wiley, Coleman, and Williams get the majority of the carries, and then it's going to be like hot hand. Like if Wiley comes in and he's two carries for four yards and then Jonah Coleman runs a carry for 15 yards, Jonah Coleman's getting the next carry. So it's just going to be a scenario of, okay, what's the hot hand? So it doesn't surprise me that Wiley got the nod at running back, but I'm not sure that he's necessarily – going to be the guy. If he is, it probably means that everything went well because I think the guys behind him are really going to push him to be better. All right. I think that sounds fair. Thank you, Shelby. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You're going to see it on the field, what happens with that. Look at you. I know. (laughs) We're skipping wide receiver because um, there is really nothing of note. If you want to pick one thing that was of note, it would be A.J. Jones over Jamari Joyner. I think the big reason there is something that we've covered on the message board. Um, Jamari just has to get in better shape. He's just not in the shape that he needs to be coming off the injury. Uh, needs to lose a little bit of weight. Just not really there yet. A.J. Jones had a nice camp. You know, it's funny. A.J. Jones is listed at uh, 6'4". If you stand next to him, it, he, it's like he's 6'8". Like, he just comes off as absolutely humongous. But he's a guy where he has a, a really bright future. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's pretty much what we expected at wide receiver, Shelby. Great. Thanks for hijacking my podcast with that non-question point. We're going to go to our favorite topic that's been discussed so much over the summer, and that is the offensive line. The starters come as no surprise, but would you agree there seems to be a lack of depth? Yeah, so again, the starters, no surprise. It's everyone we expected. The thing that really stuck out to me is that the backup at the left tackle and the left guard are the same guy. Sam Lange is the backup. In an ideal world, you would have had Davis Duvall probably backing up one of those spots, but he quit the team. There's some other reasons involved in there. Nothing legal or anything like that, but whatever. Um, But that scares me a little bit. And it's good for Sam Lange. He's come a long way. Uh, Was a guy that hasn't played really in games. But it's, you know, you're one injury away. Like, what happens if, you know nightmare scenario (laughs) yeah it's real right and so my guess is actually that there'd be some some movement like you'd see 
certain guys get in there at positions that maybe they're not listed at. Like maybe JT Hand could go to guard or something in a like a nightmare scenario. But yeah, I mean, there's a clear lack of depth on the offensive line. Or at the very least, there's a clear lack of proven depth. Like JT Hand is proven. I'm cool with JT Hand as the backup center. He has a bright future at Arizona. Solid, very strong. You're good with him. Sam Lange is a guy you just don't know a lot about. Leif Magnuson played well at times last season, um, but again, hasn't played extensively. And then Joe Borjan uh, has come on nicely towards the end of camp. Um, the good thing is with Borjan, at least, he's backing up Peyton Fears, who's pretty much going to play every single snap like he did last season. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's an interesting scenario because... I say that Arizona's one offensive lineman from being screwed, like going like one offensive lineman injury from being screwed, but you could probably say that for most teams in the country. Like when you look at depth, offensive line on most teams, there's not a lot of depth. They're at such a premium to start that like good offensive linemen don't really sit on the bench for very long because they could just go elsewhere and play. Um, the best teams in the country even, like I think – you know, they're, I think Florida State, maybe last year or the year before, one of their backup linemen was a walk-on. Like, there's just not a lot of depth overall. And, and so, yeah, I mean, look, if Arizona, if Jordan Morgan goes down and Sam Lange has to play, you get a little worried, right? If, you know, Peyton Fierce goes down and Joe Bourjon has to play, you get a little worried. So, yeah, the lack of depth is a concern, but I, I think that the starting unit overall will be fine. And again, it's like a broken record. If you talk to the coaching staff, they will blame a large chunk of the offensive line struggles last season on the fact that the quarterback play was so bad. And we're going to find out right away because quarterback play isn't going to be bad this year, knock on wood. So yeah, lack of depth is a concern, but I would assume that if you talk to most offensive line coaches in the country, they would say the same thing. Thank you. All right. Number three. There's no starter at tight end, but there are three listed. What can you tell us about the approach here on Shelby's favorite position? <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so I'm going to say this, Shelby. Okay, say it. If Arizona is unable to find ways to utilize the tight end position this season, it is malpractice. Because they legitimately have three tight ends. This isn't like a quarterback where, you know, if you have three, you don't have any. No, they have three very legitimate tight ends. Alex Lines looked great during camp. Solid blocker. Pass can do it all. Keon, uh, Keon Burnett is a guy where they could actually line up wide. Red zone threat. You're, you're going to see him line up at wide receiver at times, especially in the red zone. 6'6", 235. It makes sense to line him up wide. Throw Alex Lines in there. Those two you know about. I, I feel like we're not talking enough about Tanner McLaughlin, the Southern Utah transfer. Torres ACL came in. Um, you know, it was a guy that when he came to Arizona, uh, I was told by by one of the coaches that, like, he was a, a legitimate, um, a legitimate option. Like, he turned down a full ride to BYU to come wow. to Arizona. And we know what BYU does with tight ends. Um, <laughs> so he had to rehab his ACL tear in the spring. And so, you know, he came and he's legit. Like, he's huge. He's 6'5", 240. He is a very real option at tight end. Arizona has three tight ends 
They could run two at once. All of them are pretty good blockers. Shoot, they could run a formation where they have Lyons and McLaughlin at tight end and Burnett out wide, and it would work. Like, this is a situation where I know Jaden Delora hasn't thrown to a tight end a lot, but, again, coaching malpractice if they don't find a way to use these guys. All three are going to play, and, it, and there won't be a drop-off between any of them. That's pretty incredible. You're pretty incredible, Shelby. Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Well, that's also encouraging because I definitely... You love a good tight end. I love a good tight end. I, what can I say? Can't turn down a good tight end. No, especially Rob Gronkowski. When you're running the seams with that tight end, you just want to get open and... Out of the pocket. Okay. All okay. Right. Anyway. Well, we're going to jail. Uh, question number four. On the defensive side yeah, of the ball. We're switching to defense. Because there now. is a defense involved. I guess. Uh, there is a split between Parishant and Tia Savea at tackle. Was that expected? I, uh, I actually abbreviated Tia's name for you. His I name know, is it's really long. Tiaoli Savea. Uh, no. So, I mentioned on Twitter and the message board there were a few surprises. Those surprises were on the defensive side of the ball. This is the first one. I thought Parishant, and I still expect him to get the start, but I thought he had a pretty strong grasp on the starting position. Uh, Tia Savea was hurt the last week, didn't participate in the last scrimmage, uh, came back to practice very recently. Parishan has played well from when we've seen him. Again, I, I said he had one of the best plays of camp where he took the ball himself and intercepted it. I just tweeted out basketball highlights of his in high school from a few years ago. Uh, so he is an athlete. Savea was disappointing at times in camp, UCLA transfer, and I thought he'd be second on the depth chart, uh, but I was surprised that there's an or, which basically means that they're competing to start. It's probably irrelevant. They're both playing. Um, I think they're both capable, but, you know, Parishan to me had the better fall camp, so that's one of the surprises, but when you look at upside and overall size, I, I could see, you know, Savea being a guy that, that they think it might be a little bit of a gamer, but those who are going to play... I think Evan Branch Haynes at 6'2", 300 pounds as a redshirt freshman will probably get some playing time as well. But Shannon Savea are clearly the the two guys at tackle. And, uh, you know, they both have upside. I'm curious to see how well they do this weekend because they're going to be challenged against that San Diego State running game. All right. Um, question five. Johnny Nansen has said he basically wants to play a bunch of guys on the defensive line. Who do you see contributing early on? So he said up to like nine, and then you kind of go, no, there's no way. But let's count them out, right? Hunter Eccles, Russell Davis, Shand, Savea, Haynes. We're at five, right? Bars is going to play. Deion Wilson's going to play. Kungaika's going to play. We're at eight. Harris, Mercedes, Jason Harris. I mean, we have 11 that are going to play. And it sounds crazy, but like Kevin Garcia's listed, I don't think he's going to play much over Eccles and Davis. Evan Branches may play a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be a super rotation guy. Jason Harris is still behind. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think – and Jetfish said it today, and Johnny Nansen has said it every time we talk to him, that in order to get the program to where they want it to be, younger players are going to have to step up. And the only way you improve is by being thrown into the fire. And so they're going to play young guys where you're going to say to yourself, man, they're playing that guy? Like – Jacob Kangaika, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good, but third on the depth chart, true freshman, was a walk-on. Now he's a scholarship guy that quickly. Man, like, they're going to play him? Like, he's going to play right away? Yeah, like, he's going to play right away. Jeremy Mercier, 
uh, transfer from Utah on the end. He had a very nice camp. Went healthy. He's going to play? Yep, he's going to play. Russell Davis, true freshman, only 210 pounds as a defensive lineman. We've talked about him. Like sack machine during camp, right? He's going to play. So it may not be a thing where like they're going you know, 30, 30, 30 on snaps or stuff like that. But these guys are going to play. Danson's going to put them in. And if they really struggle, they're not going to play anymore. And if it works, then it works. And that's what they'll do moving forward. But I don't think Nansen's full of crap when he says he wants to play eight or nine guys during a game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you think that this is off the book question? Ooh, hey. I mean, are we more forgiving knowing that they are basically auditioning every time they go out there? They're young. They're Are you learning. more forgiving? I don't know. I'm just saying like me fans. Are you more forgiving? Your general a... fan is not more forgiving. Okay. There will never be that forgiveness. It's more like, what the hell are they knowing, doing? Knowing if you know what Arizona is doing, where it basically says, look, we're putting you in early and we're expecting you to grow as a player. And this season, you may have some struggles, but man, next season, you're going to be better for it. And that's how we're going to turn this program. Because Arizona's not winning nine games this year. I hate to break it to you. What? You know, I know the the expectation by some is that it could possibly be a bull team, whatever. But even if that happens, it needs young players to step up. And the best way to learn, according to most coaches, is to figure it out as you go and get coached up. And that's what this coaching staff is going to do. And there's going to be some shittiness that comes along with it. And if there's not, Arizona's going to the national championship. So I mean, just they, there's no in between. They did the best recruiting of all time, and then coaching those kids. By the way, I will say this: this is partly, and I'm not saying they're not good enough to play. It's partly a recruiting tool. When Jed Fish is calling dudes for this class, I can guarantee you he's saying, "Look, man, I don't know if you noticed, but we had ten freshmen playing. We had four true freshmen on defense. <laughs> we play young guys. They'll notice that." Great. All right, go, Jed. All righty. Next Why are you a little tired, question. Yet? I mean, there's so many questions. We have 48 more questions left. Oh, my gosh. Um, number Shelby six. Shelby wants to get back to film. The starters at linebacker, uh, linebacker are Colby Cage and Jerry Roberts, but there's some intrigue behind Cage. What's up with that? Yeah, so remember, Shelby, I said there were some defensive surprises. So at the mic is Jerry Roberts and Amon Allen. Uh, no surprise there. Dante Smith, cool. So the will. Colby Cage, like we mentioned, he, he was the starter. Coverage, athleticism made sense. Uh, I'm trying to find a nice way to put this. Malik Reed really kind of took a hit the last few weeks. I thought, you know, when we did the last podcast on the board, I predicted the death trend. I thought he was a clear second. I said the competition has been going on pretty tight. You know, last week Colby Cage passed him. 
Malik Reed's third at will, and there's no or. Anthony Solomon is ahead of him, the Michigan transfer. And it's interesting to me because Solomon was not ahead of Reed for a large part of camp. He struggled. He was a special teams guy. He did well on special teams, but he was not ahead of Reed. And then Reed just can't stay healthy. Like, was hurt uh, last year, missed part of camp this year. Solomon was pretty much healthy, and he's experienced. And at the end of the day, I think Kobe Cage is going to play quite a bit at that position, but um, it is pretty disappointing. And, and again, it's only the first game. For all we know, Malik Reed comes in, plays great, and the death chart's different in a week. But it is pretty disappointing to see Malik Reed go from a guy that really started camp as the starter to now the third linebacker at the will. It's it's a little surprising, and it's something to keep an eye on because when you look at the defense, there is some worry at the linebacker position, especially with the depth. Um, and experience overall. I think Jerry Roberts you can count on, but other than that, you know, Kobe Cage hasn't played a ton. Anthony Solomon, Malik Reed, Amon Allen, those guys have not played very much. It is a young position, so that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Yep, he's not evolving, but hopefully he will. I mean, he's still young too. He's right, you know, he's a, uh, I believe he's a sophomore now, technically, so he's still young. All right. All right, finally. Last question, number seven. The secondary seemed to be set pretty early on during camp, but is there anything that catches your eye here? Yeah, I love the fact that they call the nickel position the star. That's cool. Um, beyond that, uh, the, so Gunnar Maldonado and Jaden Young are going to start there. We knew that. I'm a little worried about that position, if we're being honest. Gunnar had a nice camp. Jaden Young, statistically, if you look at PFF, this isn't just me making fun of him or killing him. He was flat out bad, not average bad against coverage last year, allowed the most touchdowns on the team in coverage by far, was not good. Stukes is listed at the starter. That's TBD. Judfish said he's hopeful that he could play this weekend. We probably won't know if Trayon Stukes, or we might know, but we can't report if Trayon Stukes is practicing this week. Ideally, he practices and plays. If not, it'll be Isaiah Rutherford. The two freshmen are behind Christian Roland Wallace, Ephesians Prysock, and Takario Davis, but I could see a situation where they get in there uh, as well. The surprise, Shelby, in the secondary is the boundary safety. Christian Young, clear starter. That's not a surprise. That's lock of all locks. The surprise is Dalton Johnson over DJ Warnell. Now, DJ Warnell started at the star position, and he was the star. Starter got beat out by Maldonado in the spring. Then they moved him to the boundary safety, and he was backing up Christian Young. Well, he's obviously struggled a little bit. Now, to be fair, he's been injured the last couple practices. I don't know if he practiced yesterday or today or whatever it may be. Dalton Johnson can hit. Redshirt freshman, you know, solid size at 5'11". little smaller, but he's he's thicker, right? And he, he's gaining, he's actually gained some weight. But he's second on that boundary safety. Now... The reality is that it probably doesn't matter because Christian Leung is never leaving the field. But I do find it interesting that Dalton Johnson uh, beat out DJ Warnell. But other than that, in the secondary, there's not, you know, a ton of surprises. I That's probably one of them. But, like, Christian Young and Christian Roland Wallace are not leaving the field. Ever. But Dalton Johnson has played well in special teams. So he's a guy that uh, that you probably need to keep an eye on in special teams which we don't even have to talk about on the death chart because, gosh darn it, Arizona special teams 
are solid. It's real clear. Like, they have good special teams. They didn't list the punt returner in the kick returner, which is upsetting. Jackson Turner did punt returns at the scrimmage. I don't know what he's going to do. Speedy Luke returning kicks makes sense, but he could also die because he's like 160 pounds right now. But he's super fast. But um, I don't like cowing back there. I've said that before. I don't think it'll be cowing. I think Arizona has options, too, with Anthony Simpson. And, uh, yeah. But some minor surprises, some minor weirdness. Um, some little drama, part. as it were. Yeah. And, you know, Dreadfish had his presser today. Nothing crazy. We uh, were going to write some articles on it. Nothing groundbreaking. Um, just to kind of sum up the podcast. I know we're out of questions, Shelby. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick you up here. Okay. Put you on my shoulders. J.B. Brown out for the year with a shoulder injury. Really sucks for him. Don't know yet if he's coming back for a seventh year. He's actually eligible to come back for a seventh year because of how he handled last year. But really had a nice view. And look, he, he wasn't going to be a starter. He was going to be a rotational guy. But, I mean, this is a guy that's been through a lot at Arizona. Has a young kid. Was really excited about this season. Don't know how it happened, but he's undergoing shoulder surgery. It's so a good luck to him, but he's out for the year. And that is... Uh, it's not like a killer thing for Arizona, but, but it's sad for it, him. it sucks for him, for sure. Uh, he's been really good with us and took a nice perspective. Missed the season because of COVID, then only played a few games last year, had a kid, and now he's hurt. So one of these guys that kind of approaches it the right way and still has that hard luck. So kind of crappy. Yeah. Well, thanks for that bummer news, babe. You're welcome. But, but on the bright side, American Ninja Warrior is new tonight and... Yeah, it's the finale. I'm very excited. Very excited. So, with that being said, we're going to have a ton of coverage tomorrow. We're interviewing offensive and defensive coordinators and players. Thursday, we get Jed again. And, uh, yeah. There's a lot going on. Because it's game week. It's game week. And, you know. I'm excited. We're dropping our kids off with Jason's sister. Let's get out of here. And we're just, somebody at work asked me, oh, are you guys planning to go to SeaWorld to do anything fun with the kids? And I said, no. I don't even know if we're seeing our children. I do have a standing reservation. If Arizona wins, I will be writing Shamu. Is Shamu still there? Is it like a different name? Um, Will in Cage. Jesus. (laughs) Changed my mind. We're actually no longer allowed at SeaWorld. We might go to Del Mar. Yeah, that sounds fun. Del Mar on Sunday if Arizona wins sounds fun. If not... Uh, Shelby's usual strategy is to stay where she is and pout and then yell at me because I told her that Arizona could win. This is true. She's not even arguing. Nope. I remember years ago I brought her to UCLA game and I said that Arizona was going to win and then Mike Stoops pulled a Scott Frost. Remember this? Uh-huh. Pulled a Scott Frost and did an onside kick for no effing reason. And UCLA won and Shelby yelled at me and said it was my fault because I got her hopes up. And this is when we were dating. And my best friend, it was the first time she ever met my... She's blushing right now. It was the first time she ever met my best friend. And uh, it got well, to the point... Well, best friend from high school. We went to P.F. Chang's after the game, and it got to the point where I took my wallet, gave it to Shelby, and said, please get away from me and go buy what you want. And I knew it was true love. <laughs> and that was when we were dating, so... Yeah, but I also uh, got into a little scrap with an Arizona fan. Shelby's mean, dude. Like, in a good because way, though. Ride or die. She was heckling Matt Scott... Right before he did that Hail Mary. Shelby once said, <laughs> and I quote, told the woman's husband. Okay, no, I, I got to say this. He stepped in and he was asking if we I was had in a the problem. press box and Shelby's friend texted me and said, 
it's about to go down. You may need to come down here. And, I and was my like, parents oh my were like getting food and like, I was like oh line. my God. And the husband stepped in front of us and got in my face and was like, do we have a problem? And I, a man got in Shelby's face. So if I was there, if I was there, it would have been over with. But. And I was literally in that moment, like adrenaline high. Like this is how people get into fights. Like the adrenaline kicks in and you don't even care. And I got into his face and I, I told him to put a leash on his bitch. <laughs> and then Matt Scott threw that Hail Mary and the whole crowd went crazy and we got separated. Yeah. But I almost threw down with an Arizona fan because he was heckling Matt Scott. As Mike Luke would say, Shelby backs the A. I do back the A. I back the A so She's hard. Willing I, to go to jail for I the changed A. my Twitter <laughs> profile for the A. I will only do that if Arizona wins. I, I changed my my Twitter my p- p- <laughs> I changed my Twitter profile yes, your, cover. Your Twitter profile cover. Anyway. I don't know. What is it called? Yeah, your Twitter profile. Anyway, with that being said, it's your it's your background, honey. Okay. <clears throat> with that being said, bear Again. down. We're gonna do three podcasts in three days. We're animals. Down. Shelby. Please get out your telestrator and is it a telestrator where you draw on the screen? I don't know. I don't know. Shelby's going to do an in-depth analysis of San Diego State. I'm not State. old like you. I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> wow. Shelby just found out John Madden's dead. It's really affected her. Anyway, with that being said, <laughs> have a good night, everyone. Shelby, the last time I saw Arizona play in San Diego was the Holiday Bowl where they lost by 100 and my grandfather died the same weekend. Well, I hope it goes better than that. Yes.